Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, I think maybe not not quite two years, but a year, well, closer to it than it's not. Yeah. 2020. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a month and a half. Yeah, I guess you'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> How you been? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Trying to stay as uh, productive as possible. <laughs> um, you know. Things were opened up. Everybody was outside. Now everybody's being cautious because of the new variants and mm-hmm. uh, things of that nature. So just trying to maneuver through everything. Gotcha. How about yourself? Doing good. Um, staying active over this way. Um, doing a little bit of work on the podcast. Working at work and uh, just staying out there. I guess around this time, it, it's funny. I saw a video. I was talking about how August is kind of like that swing month where. Mm-hmm. For some, it's a rest month if you've been working the majority of the year. And then for yeah. others, it's kind of like an opportunity to double down and um, get further ahead. So I, I think I've had to do a little bit more of the resting and yeah. just kind of re revise some things and look back at, at what I'm doing this year and what what's working what I'm either focusing less attention on and, and kind of reminding myself, it's like, okay, well, I don't need to do more things. I just need to do, continue doing what I'm doing well and right. just, just maintain and just, it'll, it'll work itself out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think like, as, as you said, I agree with you, like as, you know, uh, August comes and then fall and winter, you know, when fall and winter is when things start really slowing down and it's like, okay, how do I stay productive during this time frame? And I think the biggest thing, as you said, is just reallocating your, your energy to work. Right. You, what's really working for you, focus on what's really working and what, what's really helping you to be productive. And then other things, you know, if, if you if you have enough energy for it, then I don't need to go for it, but if you don't, sometimes it does fall by the wayside. So <laughs> True. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting. Yeah, I, I feel the same way with you as far as uh, just trying my best to, you know, focus on what I'm really good at mm-hmm. and what I what my goals are and what I'm trying to build structure with. And, you know, the things that I know that I know personally that I've been slacking on, just put a little bit more effort, but don't kill myself if I can't get to it. And, it, and it, it's okay, you know, especially... You know, with you and your podcast and me and my coaching business, it's like sometimes you get overwhelming because there's so many things that you can do and mm-hmm. so many ideas that you do have. And it's like, okay, slow down. What can you actually accomplish at this moment? And once you accomplish that, then you move on to the next thing. But don't just try to do everything at one time. So, right. Yeah. How's the coaching going, by the way? Oh, man. Coaching is going good. Um, you know, as far as clients, I do admit, like, it has dwindled. I do have my loyal clients. Uh, I'm having a personal uh, coaching session, which is great. But I, I have realized that, you know, they're, they're now it's now time for me to allocate, and as we talked about now, allocate different, uh, my energy and resources to other things. So mm-hmm. I have been working on a book 
for like two years, two, three uh-huh. years. You know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm at, <laughs> I've been telling people like, I'm literally at like the fifth edit of the book <laughs> because, <laughs> because of the fact that, you know, I've had multiple people read it. I had a friend that's really good, like with, um, with editing papers and stuff like that. She, she read it. Mm-hmm. And I have someone independent lead that I just met like a year or two ago. She's been reading it. She she actually edits other people's books as well. And um, so, and I think the biggest thing that I've learned throughout this journey as far as writing the book is that you have to you have to write the book in the way that you want your audience to interpret what you're trying to convey. Because it's easy for you to write something in your own words mm-hmm. and um, think that people understand it. Right. But it's, it's another thing if you write it in a way where people who have never met you and, and never met, you know, never had a conversation with you mm-hmm. and what you're trying to convey, how would they take it? So that's the biggest thing that um, one of the one of the, the women that I've been editing the book told me about. So I, I, it, it's going. I think I was, I was saying 80% because now I have, um, I did those edits. So and then now I have my wife. She's she's not editing. She's not doing a blind so she's just literally, she's never even looked at any of the stuff that I wrote or anything like that. So she's not reading it. And she, she's going to tell me, hopefully by this week or next week, like what she feels about it and what I can do. And then we'll go from there. Mm-hmm. And then the next the next week is, is publishing. Am I going to self-publish? Am I going to find a publisher? What goes on with that? You know, yeah. things of that nature. So. And then, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. It, it's funny. I, I just spoke to a publisher earlier this week and it, it's someone I met through um, the, like the group that we, we met through. Yeah. And um, it's just interesting how, how people get started because it, I was talking with one of the two people and they were just saying that um, they started on a project on of their own and then doing some edits internally, like you're saying, similarly, like, get a friend to edit it and then it's like well we'll just put it out there and then you get feedback from people and it's like okay well maybe we'll fix this and do that but mm-hmm. uh, that's nice what what's the book about yeah so the book it's now the book after a couple edits is now i, I want to make it more like a lesson book you know um giving like little tidbits of, of help as far as well the, i guess the premise of the book is just about self-love and how to apply self-love in many aspects of your life and which you're dealing with certain situations. So it's like more like a lesson book, hmm. teaching people how to love themselves more um, and especially in relationships. Cause you know, I'm, I, I focus on relationships, but I think the biggest thing within a relationship people with yourself or with other people is, is how much you love yourself. Cause that, I feel like that's the, the, the bar that you'll set in your relationships because if you love yourself, certain things you would have put up with. If you love yourself, you will communicate more with certain things that you like and dislike. But if you don't really love yourself that much, then you allow a lot of things to happen. You right. allow a lot of situations to, to keep going. You allow certain people to talk to you a certain way or treat you a certain way. So I just wanted to give out uh, a lesson a lesson book of teaching people how to basically figure out things in their lives and I guess reorder it. Yeah. Um, based on the love that they have for themselves. Gotcha. That's awesome. I, I think that that's, that's needed because yeah. I, I know as I, I was talking earlier about kind of putting things into perspective, I think a big thing that comes around it outside of like 
where am I putting my attention? It's like, well, are you putting enough attention to yourself? Like, do you yeah. love yourself? Because it's like, if, if you're, um, if your self-esteem is based on um, the external, like things mm. in the way that your environment shaped you, how you've come to understand this is what validates me. Yeah. It becomes pretty stressful to be like, okay, well, I'm okay right now or tomorrow I'm not okay because somebody said the wrong things to me or people yeah. are looking at me sideways. It's like, eh, yeah. maybe you need to take some time and just kind of look yourself in the mirror and just let yourself know that, hey, I, I, I love you. It's like, mm-hmm. it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be so hard, but if, if you, if you've never been told that, or if you've never been able to see that for yourself, then it, it can be difficult. Mm-hmm. I, I completely agree with that because of the fact that, especially in our society now, we're so focused on social media, getting likes, comments, attention, uh, clout, whatever it may be on multiple platforms. And mm-hmm. it's like, you, like for me, I even catch myself I might jump on Instagram for maybe like one or two minutes, thinking I'm going to be on there for one or two minutes. Mm-hmm. And then I go into another rabbit hole, another rabbit hole, another rabbit hole. And then I look at the time, it's like, well, I've been on this for like two hours. And, you know, it's like, it's not it's not only because I'm trying to, you know, look at other things, but it's also like, you know, who's who's liking my pictures, who's commenting on the things that I'm doing, especially, you know, we both are entrepreneurs. And it's like, when it, when it goes to your, your page, it's like, okay, is this content working? Is this person, is this are people actually liking what I'm what I'm putting out into the world? And, you know, maybe I need to re, re refocus on what I'm what I'm putting out and the message that I'm giving. And it take it takes so much energy and time thinking about what other people think. And when you when it comes to the end of the day, and you're you're looking at yourself and it's like, did I even give enough time for myself today? Did I even did I even take a or carve out a certain amount of minutes in the day to just focus on? the love that I have for myself, getting the energy back that I'm giving out to the world, um, self, self-care, self all these different things, because I think a lot of people are losing sight on that. We're so focused on what other people are doing or what other people think about us. We're not really focusing on, you know, who we are as a person. And right. I always tell people, like, the biggest thing is that in relationship, the first relationship you really have, other than your parents, maybe your siblings, your siblings is yourself. You know, you're, you were born with yourself, you're going to die with yourself, you deal with certain situations with yourself, you go to sleep with yourself, you wake up with yourself, you, you argue with yourself, you think to yourself, you talk to yourself, all these things, most of the time, even even when you are in a relationship with someone else, most of the time you're spending it with yourself. But if you're not really, if you're not really loving yourself and communicating with yourself, if that relationship is not healthy, how can you even think about having healthy relationships with people? Nonetheless, a stranger that you need that you're trying to have an intimate relationship with. So. That's good. I, yeah. I feel like you've been hitting on on all the beats where my twenty twenty one's been focused because I guess even in that regard, it's like if the relationship with yourself isn't healthy, you mm-hmm. you start to get short with other people where even in in responding your patience starts to thin a little bit and like i've i've caught myself recently where it's like it's very easily where i could let 
some things slide here or there. It, it's like in trying to um, protect myself a little bit more, you, I, you start to lash out a little bit more where it's like, who does this person think they are? It's like, okay, like they're over here complaining about this or talking mm-hmm. about themselves. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> but it's like, whoa, whoa, you, you can't just be saying that depending yeah. on who you're saying it to. It's like, like, be nice, <laughs> be mm-hmm. a little bit more nice. And I was like, no, no more Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes you have to do that because you're protecting yourself. Yeah. You know, certain, it's like the, the thing about like certain people, they will only do certain things as long as you allow them to do it. Mm-hmm. So, and it's sad to, to think about that, but it's true. Like, like you said, you have people in your life that do that. I have people in my life that do that. It's like certain people may be so self-absorbed that, you know, they think that their life is the center of the world. And if you don't make them know and let them be aware that, you know, I'm a whole person. I'm, 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 a, I'm just like you. I'm a human being just like you. I have my own issues. I have my own things that I'm dealing with. And just because you're dealing with something or you're going through something, you want something for me, does not mean I have to drop everything else that's going on in my life just to appease you or just to cater to you. Now, if I have enough time and energy to do that, I'm more than, more than willing to do it, mm-hmm. but you can't force me to do something that is not in my nature. You can't force me to do something that I truly do not enjoy doing. And I had to learn this myself, just like you're going through that, like the power of no, like it's okay to say no. At first, you know, me, I, I grew up as like a caregiver. I, I try to make everybody happy, everybody smile. But as I got older, I realized that, man, I'm giving out so much energy to other people. And most of the time, people are not throwing their energy into me. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I get frustrated or I get short or I get, um, I feel like I just want to be by myself most of the time because I'm pushing so much out into the world and it feels like no one really cares about me the same way. So I had to learn that, no, I have to say no, I have to express no. And yeah, some people might get upset about that, but at the end of the day, we have to realize that, would you rather sacrifice yourself just to make other people happy? Or would you take the time to heal yourself to get help other people? Right. I mean, some, some people think it's it's noble to, um, what, what do you call it? Like martyrism, where you- yeah you sacrifice yourself for the good of the, the group or the good of the whole versus other people would say, Oh, you're being selfish. You're being self-centered. You're not thinking about everybody else, but um, go ahead. No, I was like, yeah, I mean, yeah. Like I, like I'm Christian and I want to be like you, but I'm not Jesus. So it's like, <laughs> like I'm a human being, like Jesus, Jesus was a God that came, came to earth. And it's just like, for me, in my, in my religion. And it's just like, I, I want to be like that person, but I can't be 100% that person. Mm-hmm. So when someone says, oh, you're being selfish, I'm like, yeah, I am. It's okay for me to be selfish at a certain moment. Mm-hmm. Now, like, like of course, there's, there's the rules and regulations for everything. But my, my, for me, and the rules and regulations depend on the person. But for me, it's like, as long as I'm not hurting anyone right. purposely, as long as I'm not purposely going my way to provide malice or anything like that, it's okay. Yeah, I might hurt a uh, feeling or lose an ego, but if if I truly know in myself that this is not for me and I need to be selfish, 
instead of me going to an event on a Saturday, I'd rather stay home. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm going to stay home today. And next time I go out when I have the energy to do so. But I think a lot of people, especially you and me, and a lot of people that be watching this going forward, it's like, just say no when you know it's not right in your spirit. Like, if mm-hmm. you know it's not right for you, just say no. And yeah, it may hurt for a second, but you're, safe. you're saving yourself from a lot of um, unwanted energy given out and you're not getting in return. So. True. Tell me, how, how'd you get into coaching? Oh, man. So <laughs> I guess long story short, um, I went to school for counseling mm-hmm. and I got my master's in counseling. Um, but for me, um, I guess the way that I saw it, because I, I did an internship. I did two different internships. I did one at, because um, you have to have internships to graduate. So um, I did one at a psychiatric facility. And then I, I did one at a research facility. So the research facility was focusing on uh, post-traumatic stress. And then the uh, psychiatric facility was home of um, psycho, um, psychological disorders based on the DSM-5, which is a manual book for um, all the disorders that people have and you could refer to. So I was basically in a crossroads because I was like, I really didn't like the psychiatric and research is cool. And then I did another one with counseling and counseling is great. I love counseling. I know to this day I have a lot of friends that are are practicing counselors and um, therapists and licensed. But it's just like, I wanted to do something that I have more control of because of the fact that all these different entities have different rules and regulations that they feel is right for them and they feel is right for maintaining order, which is true, which is fine, completely okay. But for me, I was like, I wanted to do something that I can control more and then also I can create as a business. Because, you know, growing up, my dad, he was uh, an entrepreneur. He, he ran his own electric, like, electronic business. And then when he moved from New York, and he did in New York, brought from New York. And then when he moved to Georgia, he started going to business. So I saw entrepreneur all my life. So I was like, well, I'm getting my master's, which is great. But do I want to take X amount of years working with someone else to get licensed and then take X amount of years to get post post experience and then hopefully open my business? Like I know it's 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 a pathway that a lot of people take and a lot yeah. of people do take, but for me, it just didn't resonate with me. So um, when I was doing my internship at the psychiatric facility, there was a counselor. She was talking about coaching, and I, I didn't really know what coaching was, but she was like, yeah, my friend keeps sending me this stuff. And, you know, I think it res- I think I think it's for me more. And I was like, oh, let me, can you send me that information? So she did. And as I got did more research about it, I think after a year after I graduated, then I actually decided to actually do a course. I did it, um, the Coaching Institute Alliance. I did like a six month course um, to get uh, certified in coaching. And right. from there, they focus on, um, Specializing, specializing on what your niche is. And, I mean, we talked about niche when we met, so yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it focused on niche and figuring out what population you're more focused on. Because the coaching certification is a general certification. I mean, they do talk about different things that you want to focus on, but it's more general, just to teach you about coaching, and mm-hmm. how to start a business based on that nature. And then when you get when I got to so I got the certification, and from there. 
um, I was like, well, what am I going to do with this? Like, how, how can I expand this the best way? Thankfully, I had a cousin who she had her MBA in international business. So she was actually helping other people start their own businesses on the side. And I talked to her about it and she was like, okay, yeah, let's work. And she helped me get an LLC. She uh, helped me get headshots. She helped me do all these professional things. And then I was like, and then, you know, once, once I got the LLC, then I was like, okay, boom. And she said, you need to start uh, Facebook, Instagram, get yourself out there. Because the biggest thing about uh, starting a business is exposure. You need to get as many people knowing who you are and know what you're about to see if they're interested or if they're not. Right. So um, from there, I told myself, okay, at first, believe it or not, I wanted to actually do coaching about uh, grief, grief coaching. And um, because of the fact that when I was young, uh, my mom died when I was 10, and then my older brother died when I was 15. So after those after those instances happened, yeah, I I became a caregiver in the family. Like I was the oldest son now. It was three of us, so I had a younger brother. So I was the oldest son now. There was no woman in the family, so I had to, eat, I had to learn how to cook, clean, everything. Because my dad, as I said, he was an entrepreneur, so he was working crazy hours. I had to cook, clean, everything of that nature, and I and I loved helping people. Like I didn't really have any issues with it. You know, and, and another thing about it, and my wife even tells me today, it's like people just gravitate towards me. I don't do it on purpose, but it's like people just gravitate towards me and they just like talking about things that are going on in their life, which is beautiful. I have no problem. I'm, I feel like I'm an expert listener at this point in my life. So um, when it came to relationships that really wanted, that I really wanted to focus on relationships, I, I realized that a lot of people in my life did not have really successful relationships. They did not really have, you know, the happy marriages that you thought they did. They didn't have the happy relationships. There were a lot of single friends that were, were, were dating bad people that weren't right for them, but you couldn't really tell them nothing because they thought they were happy. And I'm just like, well, what's what's going on? Like, what is happening in the people around me in society that, you know, we're falling so short on relationships? And I realized that when you sit down and talk to a lot of people, they're not really loving themselves the way that they should. So that's that's where I, I went in. I got so much. I read a whole bunch of books. I, I, I did team education on love. Figure out like what's the, um, Gary Chapman's Five Love Languages. All these different books that I, I read, and I'm just like, I think that's what it is. I think that's what's missing. And of course, a lot of people. I think a lot. It's a buzzword these days. That self love, self love, self love, self love. We see it a lot. But I don't think a lot of people actually know what self-love is. I think self-love, people like to confuse self-love and um, other things like self-care. Self-care is beautiful. Self-care is wonderful. And that's part of self-love. Yeah. But I think the biggest component you have to focus on the, the, the macro perspective instead of like, there we get to the micro. Whereas mm-hmm. we're talking about micro things that you focus on and then we'll eventually get to the macro because once you break down exactly what self-love is, they need to focus on everything going down. But a lot of people are not really understanding the love component of themselves. Like, what are you, as we talked a little bit earlier, what are you doing for yourself? Right. What are you doing to, to help yourself? What are you doing to care about yourself? What are you doing to make yourself happy? Because, and that's a whole other aspect, but I don't want to get in that right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the biggest so from there, I focused on uh, 
love, self-love within relationships. Because relationships is a broad term. We can talk about a lot of things in relationships. But when and we actually went to that uh, that social media workshop that we did, mm-hmm. um, you know, Nikki, shout out to Nikki that she, you know, we talked about, well, what about relationships? What about things in relationships that she really want to focus on? And then it, it hit me, self-love. And from there, I, I became huge proponent on self-love. Most of the content that I, I write, I make videos about, cater around self-love. And I think the biggest thing about self-love and being self-love relationship folks is that a lot of things stem from self. I think self-love. And it's funny that I see the tree behind you. It's mm-hmm. like, I like a tree because I feel like self for me, I feel like self-love is like the roots. It's like a mm-hmm. foundation. And from self-love and a lot of things come from that confidence, respect, peace of mind, uh, stress, having a stress-free life, um, communication, all these different things. Because if you actually are loving yourself the way you deserve to, a lot of things in your life will look different, feel different, and you in yourself start talking different, start acting differently, because at the end of the day, no matter what happens to you, no matter who's in your life, you know that you have a certain level of happiness within you that no one can take away because you took the time to love yourself. That's awesome. I hope I didn't no no but i think like you said self-love is more it it has self-care within it but then Mm -hmm. it it goes beyond that to where it's it really has that it's the relationship that you have with yourself and Mm -hmm. how it is that you you treat yourself on a regular basis because Mm -hmm. like you said if we were to go down the the happiness trail that's like a whole warm hole within itself because Mm -hmm. i guess Something that I found through like digging into psychology a bit, kind of looking at like the DISC assessment, the advanced insights assessment, um, listening to talks from a psychologist. uh, Yeah, I think he's a psychologist in practice and also in in education where he he taught in this in Canada. And Mm. one of the, a lot of the things he talked about is like, like certain popular ideas that people have it it's like you have to go deeper than that because yeah like although you can be happy you can have the things that you want um there's also a certain burden that you have to carry for yourself and and like things that are going to be hard in life or things that might make you suffer like some of those are are necessary as it relates to like doing your part as in like okay this is my work this is my job like regardless of what you're doing like eventually even something that's fun is going to be work because there may be mundane things that you don't want to do but Mm -hmm. um i guess that that's why it's like if we were to go into like okay just do everything that makes you happy it's like for some (laughs) depending on who you're talking to in some regard that might work but then in other regards it's like you can't just avoid certain responsibilities to just be like i just want everything to be good because then that could circle back around to like you're not practicing self-love if you're not addressing that um core issue that just keeps coming back up and keeps coming back up and then if that keeps being placed on somebody else to be like oh like 
this is going to make me happy. That's going to make me happy. And yeah. it's like, then that could get into a whole thing of people confusing happiness or success or whatever it is that they, they kind of put that together, but <laughs> that's kind of dancing on the surface of the, of the, uh, <laughs> the rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Because if you really want to break down self-love, I think it's, that's a whole nother book <laughs> because yeah. it, it, it can, it can take, as you said, it can take many different shapes and forms. And even with, as you said, what you define as happiness, that's a whole different, um, I think it's very subjective mm-hmm. because of the fact that what's happiness to me is not happiness to you. What right. you find as enjoyment doesn't, I might not enjoy it. And as you said, when you're speaking, I think because, like put it in, put it in, in this perspective, like say drugs, for instance, mm-hmm. like someone might be taking drugs and think that's, that's it from a happiness. Whereas, whereas I might see it as like, well, that's an addiction. Mm-hmm. And so it, it just comes to um, your perspective and what you think is happiness and what you think is not happiness. And I think the, the, the biggest rule for me um, is as long as it's not hurting yourself or hurting other people, mm-hmm. then I think that's, it's okay. Um, but I, of course, it's always levels to everything. But um, I think that's the biggest rule that I set for myself. Gotcha. Personally. Yeah. yeah. So, how long have you been in the in the coaching space? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I got my I don't know, see, 2000, January. I, okay, so I got I got certified to be a professional coach 2017. Hmm. I think January 2018, I got my LLC. So I guess when I, I guess when I, I really took it serious in January 2018. So I've been at it since then. So it's been what like three three years. Yeah. Three years or so. yeah it'll be so, four years before you know it. <laughs> yeah, I know. And time is even quick. And it's like expand, expand, expand. What can you do more? Because for me, I got into a crossroads where it's like, it was like maybe a year or two ago. I feel like I want to do it fast enough. And I feel like the business wasn't like picking up fast enough. Mm-hmm. But I had to I had to get a coach myself when I first started because I had to and that's the biggest thing after you after you finish your professional coaching certification, mm-hmm. they want you to get a coach yourself before you finish. They want you to get maybe a counselor or a therapist because you have to address the things with yourself before you start helping other people. I think that was really right. hard. So I went I had a coach for like a year or two and when I first started it in the business, I, I had a crossroads. I was like, man, I'm not, I feel like I'm doing enough. I feel like I'm doing the best I can. But why am I not seeing the results? I, for me, I thought I was supposed to have like 30, 40 clients. I'm, I'm supposed to be working overtime and I could, I could leave my, my, my job that I have right now and be coaching full time. But I, I got a reality check <laughs> that things don't move as fast as things they or mm. things are not going to be exactly the way you want it when, when at the time that you think it's going to happen. And I, and I had to realize that it's a slow progress. It takes, it takes time, especially yeah. with the business. And I, I mean, I think that another thing for me was like comparison. I can't look at these other coaches that are on these TV shows or all these, um, they have their million dollar clients and all these different stuff because it's, it's my, this is my journey. This is my business. So once I had that reality check and I realized that, okay, it's time for me to do things that I know that I'm good at. So I started doing a series, 40 series. I started doing more videos. I started um, 
focus on the book, starting to write a book. It's, it's, it's just now for me to I have the gift, I have the talent, but now what resources I can do to expand upon it. Like personal coaching is beautiful. But right. At the same time, uh, my cousin, the same person helped me get the LSC, she told me something very blunt. She's like, personal coaching is great, but it's not going to make you a millionaire. Mm-hmm. Unless you unless you have a client that, that's willing to pay that much amount of money. People need other things. People need books. People need uh, programs that they can yeah. look at independently without you. And if they do need personal coaching, then they'll contact you. Mm-hmm. But there should be other things that you have at your disposal that you don't even have to even touch necessarily. It will still get you uh, revenue. So for me right now, I've I've learned that, you know, book, get the book going and working on that. And also this year, uh, the goal for me is to have a program, like I have a coaching program, um, a 10 week, whatever week coaching program, whereas I create it and then have people uh, buy it independently on their own and then let it go from there. And then personal coaching, that's my bread and butter. Butter. I love doing it. I love talking mm-hmm. to people. But, you know, that should be like maybe something that I need to do once in a while right. instead of me doing it, find, trying to push myself to find clients, find clients, find clients, where I'm, I'm taking too much time trying to buy clients instead of me just enjoying that experience. Mm-hmm. So. Gotcha. I guess to, just having the, the one-on-one clients, does that, take a lot of time or do you do that like on a on a weekly basis oh uh, yes yeah, so it's, it's a weekly basis um it's it's my sessions are usually 50 minutes so mm-hmm. um it's, it's you know 50 minutes and, and then after that we might talk to one so it's like around 50 minutes or so mm-hmm. um and i love that because it's it's one-on-one and you literally are having a deep conversation with that person and and for me, the biggest thing that drove me to coaching when I first started was that helping people see things that they didn't see themselves, or mm-hmm. helping people see things that are perspective that they, they didn't even know that they had because they were so focused on one way of thinking. Right. Or, or re- helping them realize, another thing is just helping them realize that the problem that you're having or the issue that you're having is because of X, Y, and Z. Even though you think it's like somewhere else or somebody else caused it. So and that's the biggest thing for me. So I love I will always do one-on-one coaching. I think it's really beautiful. Um, but at the same time, I realize that if I if I just focus energy into one thing and one thing only, yes, I'll I'll get the clients, yes, I'll make an impact, but there's so many other people in this world that just are not maybe ready for coaching. They're not ready for that one-on-one uh, right away. They may just need a program that they can do independently, and then they open them up to say, "Okay, well, yeah, what I what I said was important, and I mm-hmm. do have to work on this. So let me reach out to get a coach. Yeah. Or here's this book that I'm reading, and I am dealing with something in this book that's speaking to me, and now I need to go get a personal coach. Instead of me being direct, I can use indirect ways to, and then then it could be direct." I guess finding another strategy. So, right. Yeah. Makes sense. I, I guess how, how did you find um, doing coaching or going through counseling yourself before you, you got started? Oh, man, I appreciate it. I really did. because it, It's funny because 
you step into counseling or coaching and you think that you're good. Like mm-hmm. you're like, well, I really don't have that problem. I, I, I feel good at the moment. Mm-hmm. But then once a certain, a certain question is asked to you or a certain scenario is brought to your attention, you're like, wow, I really didn't fully heal from this or I really didn't talk about this when it happened. I just brush it over because one thing for me that I figured out that was was a problem for me was that I I was too optimistic about a lot of things. Meaning, I'm an optimistic person. I think I always was an optimistic person. But mm-hmm. when certain bad things happen, I would brush it off and say, "Okay, what well, happened? Whatever. Let's keep moving." Instead of me sitting with it as long as I could to address how I'm feeling about that situation, instead of me just pushing it to the side and feeling like it, I know what happened, but I'm not really talking about it. Mm-hmm. So when I was in coaching sessions with my coach and we talked about, you know, what happened after my brother died, because the dynamic shifted in the family from me being the middle child to me being the older child and me having to learn how to be an older brother just off the whim and think and now having the pressure that have somebody looking at me for guidance and for help and it's like i wish i learned things from my older brother that i wasn't that 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 will help me along the road because i didn't know if i was doing the right thing i didn't know if it was helpful or not but i just tried my best and sometimes when you're going through things like that, when you have a, a, a quick shift in your life or um, responsibilities and duties start to fall upon you, it gets stressful, but you don't want to show the stress and you don't want to show the pressure that you're getting. So you pretend like everything's okay. And in certain moments, that's fine. But if you're doing that for a long scheme, like if you're doing it for a long time period, you can break down very easily. You can easily be like, okay, well, I'm fine. I'm fine right now, but I'm just randomly crying one day. Or I'm fine right now, but I'm lashing out at people. Or I'm, I'm, I'm getting upset. But I shouldn't be getting upset for certain things. So it made me realize to express my emotions more when they happen. And for a man, especially a Black man, an African-American man in this world, that's hard because, you know, we're taught that, you know, you know, suck it up, be a man, do what you got to do, and that's it. But once you get into coaching, get into therapy, uh, whichever avenue you choose for, choose. Mm-hmm. Talking about your emotions is powerful because that goes back to self-love. Like your emotions are a part of you. They're not mm-hmm. like a, a, a separate entity that 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 comes along whenever you feel, like whenever it feels like it. Oh, those are inside you. Those are those are those are a part of you and those are your feelings. So you have to address them. And that's mm-hmm. part of healing. So I think that's the biggest thing for me when I learned from coaching. And, gotcha. and I think the biggest thing, um, coaching and counseling, I like I know a lot of people tend to get that fused. They're like, well, well isn't it the same thing? And, mm-hmm. I, and at first I was like, isn't that the same thing? But I was like, it's not really the same thing because coaching is more in the lines of you um, I guess collaborating with someone, mm-hmm. and hence the name of my coaching business, collaborating with someone yeah. to to help them. 
And then I think therapy is more of a clinical approach, whereas you are literally um, speaking with someone that's trying to map out a direction. And there's so many different ways of, of counseling that mm-hmm. I don't want to just put everything into like a box. Right. But I feel like counseling is more of an approach where you're with someone and they are basically trying to provide you with action items and skills for you to help like stabilize yourself or, mm-hmm. or allow yourself to um, move forward in life. Gotcha. Certain skills that you can acquire. Whereas right. as a coach, you are, they're literally trying to work with you where you are at the moment. Whereas counseling, they're trying to figure out what caused certain mm-hmm. things to happen and how to stabilize you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I know a lot of people get close to you. So. Right. <laughs> because it's like, um, I guess going with, I, I think this year I've done kind of like a hybrid of coaching and, and counseling, but it's been more coaching because usually we, we meet up weekly mm-hmm. and we discuss, okay, what, what happened this week or what do you, what do you have coming up? And then we yeah. kind of like go through an action plan of like, okay, well, here's your assignment for this week. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, do you, do you still do, do you still get coach or counseling now? Like, especially since you have clients and you're dealing with people one-on-one? At this moment, no, I don't. Um, but I, I wouldn't be opposed to doing it again. I think it was very, it's very powerful because I see the, the value in coaching because of the mm-hmm. fact that I'm seeing someone in the outside perspective, like literally the people that I meet are complete strangers. So it's like looking from an outside perspective and then bringing it internally. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, if I got a, uh, a coach or a counselor, it's literally going to be the same thing because sometimes we don't see certain things that's going on in our lives, but someone from an outside perspective does. Mm-hmm. Whereas, back to the same scenario like i didn't know um i was dealing with certain things until someone from an outside perspective saw it it was like well i see you're doing this have you really addressed it so i'm i'm a big proponent for counseling or coaching whatever you choose and i definitely would i definitely would uh jump jump back into the coaching and counseling maybe maybe by the end of this year or maybe next year very it's, it's healthy i feel like it's very healthy because we need someone to talk to mm-hmm. that we that doesn't know us. I think that's the biggest thing because mm-hmm. someone that doesn't know us, they don't have any preconceived notions. They can't judge you. They can't base your experience, what you're saying based on your past experiences that they've seen you do. They're just literally seeing you from a black, blank slate and then you're filling it in with, with each other. So, mm. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm, I'm curious, how was 2020 for you? What, what's something you, you possibly gained from that time? Wow. Um, I realized that I'm, I I feel like I'm more of an introverted person, but I hated being at home every day. (laughs) I think, I think it, I like being at home. Like I love staying at home on Saturdays, which is really weird. A lot of people like to go out on Saturdays. Mm -hmm. I feel like Saturdays is my self-care day, where I just stay mm-hmm. home and maybe watch 
or anime or I, I, I watch a TV show or a movie and just relax. But I realized that when you were home in 2020, you couldn't even go nowhere. Mm. You were at home relaxing too much. <laughs> so, and I realized that I had to go out and enjoy other people's company. And my wife thinks that I'm an extrovert, but I feel mm. like I'm an introvert because I like to talk to people. And I like to have conversations with people. I think that was the biggest thing I was lacking that I couldn't really be in other people's presence because of the fact of quarantining and we don't know what's open, what's not. Can she step outside or how the procedures on the mask, things of that nature. So I think 2020 helped me appreciate people. It helped me appreciate people. Like, yeah, there are some people that you meet, they got things going on with themselves. And, they try to put it on you or they, they come with very negative energy. You can't really help that. But right. I think the biggest thing is that interaction with people is powerful. And 2020 helped me realize that we need to interact with each other more. Like, yeah, we got social media. Yeah, we got computers and we got Zoom and things of that nature. Yeah. But I think interaction, human interaction is, is something that we take for granted. And I think I'm not the only person that feels that way that we need to interact with people more in a face-to-face setting. And I hope one day we, we one day soon we get to the point where we're able to interact freely instead mm-hmm. of having cautions and precautions and yeah. uh, rules and regulations and things of that nature. Likewise. And uh, one more question for you. Who do you say you are? Who do I say I am? Um, I am a person that lives their life each day trying to make the people around me better. And when I think people around me, I, I include myself. So I think I'm a big proponent on wanting to see people happy, see people truly um, enjoying their best life and enjoying their, their gifts. And if I can help you in any type of way, I'm all for it. So and I know that's that's kind of contradicting to what I said at the beginning. I tell people I don't want to, I'm basically saying that I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to uh, give as much energy, but I like it. I like giving energy out to people that really need it. But I know at the same time, take my Saturdays for myself. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate you making some time for me on this Saturday. Oh man, it's, it's not a problem at all. I, I love these conversations because it, it's very informative. So. Awesome. How can the people find you online or offline? Oh man, um, you can reach me at Facebook Collab Coaching, C O L A D Coaching. Um, same thing on Instagram, Collab Coaching. In uh, our website, yourcollabcoach.com, uh, there's a free 15-minute coaching session you can uh, sign up for if you just want to talk about anything and I mean anything. And also, there's a relationship checklist that you can sign uh, you can complete to see if you're going through something in your life and maybe you want to talk about it. And all my videos, all my series are on YouTube, same thing, C-O-L-A-P, coaching, you can just watch it. If you feel like it's a, if you feel like it's important, if you feel like it's powerful, share it, and yeah. 
Awesome. Thank you, David. Thank you so much. And thank you for inviting me to your podcast. It's a beautiful work. I love it. Thank you. Have a good day. You too.